2015, I had a business coach telling me to do one thing in expanding my business. I did the opposite because my gut just said, you know, that doesn't feel right. In fact, I'm going to do not more like she recommended. She wanted me to do more live events. I started doing less live events. And the funny thing is my profits went up and my revenue still went up too. And, uh, and I think that's a key is that it might seem crazy, but if your gut says do something, do it. If your gut says don't do something, don't do it. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Chris Miles of MoneyRipples.com. Chris, it's awesome to have you on the show. Always, man. Always a pleasure. Definitely. Pleasure is all ours and definitely looking forward to, to hearing more about you and all the awesome things that you're doing. Um, and before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Chris so you can hear about all of those awesome things. And Chris, the cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor, is a leading authority teaching entrepreneurs and professionals how to get their money working for them today. He's an author, podcast host of the Chris Miles Money Show, and has been featured in U.S. News, CNN Money, EO Fire, and has a proven reputation with his company, Money Ripples, getting his clients fast, life-altering financial results. In fact, his personal clients have increased their cash flow by over $200 million in the last 10 years. Chris, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I'm so excited. Let's do this. Let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit here, a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story? Well, did you get started with your business? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I actually had no intention of going into business other than being a consultant, right? Um, my whole goal was to become a business consultant, but I figured if I'm going to do that, shouldn't I have real life business experience? So I was in my, it was in the middle of college. I was just about to get my bachelor's. I decided to drop out with one class to go. It actually wow. wasn't even a class. It was a paper. I just had to create a paper. It was an independent project. Finished that, I get my bachelor's. So I dropped out and said, I'll just take a one-year hiatus, right? Just build some extra experience before I get my master's. Well, the first thing that came up of creating a business was being a financial advisor, you know, not realizing they take anybody off the street, right? <laughs> you know, so um, I, I said, hey, let's do this. Great. It's commission only. So really, I was thrown into being an entrepreneur right from the get-go. Um, the thing is, I end up liking being an entrepreneur because I want to control my destiny. I want to control my freedom. And that was really my motivation. I didn't want somebody else to tell me what hours I need to work and how much money I can or cannot make. So I actually stayed dropped out of college, never went back. Um, although I did try once after I had retired when I was 28 and they said, sorry, you're going to have to take a year and a half of school. I said, for a, a bachelor's in sociology? No, thank you. You know, uh, that's not worth it. So I stayed dropped out. But, uh, but that's the thing as I started going that journey, I did that for four years as the traditional mainstream advisor. Um, realized that people that were doing that, following that advice, including advisors themselves, were never financially free. So I left that, started following what other like business owners and real estate investors people were doing. And then I was actually able to retire myself when I was 28. Nice. Absolutely love that. And now you're giving that, you know, all the, the keys to the car, so to speak, or keys to the, uh -huh. the all the knowledge away to so many people. But I, I think that's, you know, so, you know, true about so many people where you don't actually become financially free. You hear that this is the way to do it, but you don't really have that knowledge and information on how exactly to make that come to fruition. So I appreciate you for, for creating so much opportunity for people to do that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So um, I know I touched a little bit upon, you know, what people can find on your site. Could you talk a little bit more about that, how you serve your clients and also what we can find and listen to on your podcast? Yeah. So now I'm kind of in the semi-retirement mode, right? I can never fully retire because nobody wants me to. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I just do a couple of things part-time. I, one, I, I do like consulting. I actually help clients uh, figure out ways to get out of the rat race, retire early, right? And do it generally outside of like the stupid stock market and things like that. But whether it's in real estate or wherever it might be, getting them to be financially free and out of the rat race where they work because they want to, not because they have to. And that, and that even includes business owners because the thing is, we, we, we think we have a business, right? We kind of paint ourselves into a job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the thing is like, how do we free ourselves from that, the shackles of that business even to where we, we work by choice, not by necessity. Yeah. And that's absolutely huge. Cause I think so many times, um, especially, you know, if you're passionate about what you start, as far as your business, you mm-hmm. really love what you're doing. But as you said, sometimes it can quickly turn into that job that you want to get away from, but you can't even fire yourself. So you get okay. kind of stuck But I love, you know, how you're able to kind of help people, you know, free themselves, you know, no matter where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And, uh, can you talk a little bit more about what you, what we can find and let's do on your podcast too? Yeah, my podcast, it kind of just goes into that. Like, like your show, it's pretty quick. I try to keep about 20 minute episodes, you know, but um, it's really all about changing your mindset around what you, what you think about money is true, right? Because everything we've been taught about money with the mainstream media and everything is completely false. It's really just brilliant marketing is what it is. Like mm-hmm. banks and these financial institutions that want you to throw money with them forever, right? And, and it kind of brings me back to when I was a, the traditional financial advisor, right? I remember I met with uh, a brother-in-law of mine who his family had become self-made millionaires, right? Like his dad, I remember was, it was so awesome. His dad had actually in in the 1960s, he was homeless at age 16. He ran away from home. And then when he was 18, he was able to go to Georgia and convince Chrysler to start the first Chrysler dealership in the state of Utah. Right. And, uh, and the cool thing is by the time he was 21, he was a millionaire. In the 1960s, being a millionaire was a lot bigger than being a millionaire now. It's not hard to be a millionaire now, right? right? But then he was actually able to be a millionaire by the age of 21. And so I remember I went to go talk to my brother-in-law. I was like, I'm going to put on my best suit. I'm going to prepare, like overly prepare to show him why mutual funds is the place to invest, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I went into him and I gave him my nice little 45-minute spiel, little PowerPoint presentation I made just for him, right? And uh, I even brought the best guy from my office to back me up. So, you know, we could try to convince him that he's wrong. And uh, by the end of it, my brother-in-law said, okay, let me get this straight. You have 10,000 bucks that if I just gave you $10,000 to play with, you're saying you can make me 12% or that's 1200 bucks a year, right? It's like, well, there's no guarantees, but yeah, that's what's done since 2000 BC, right? You know, so yeah, pretty much like 1200 bucks. Wouldn't that be awesome? He's like, now, Chris, I can take the same 10 grand. And, and I have a big, you know, he has a semi-truck business, right? He's like, I can buy a semi-truck. If you do a down payment with 10 grand on a semi-truck, turn around a few months later, flip it and make $30,000. So Chris, why would I invest my money with you? And I was like, uh, well, you should be diversified. Like you shouldn't pull your eggs in one basket. You should put more money in other places, like the things I offer you, the things that I can sell you. Right. And that's when I realized I was a salesman in a suit, right? Mm. That, that's really all I was that. Financial advisors are not financial experts by any way, shape, or form. Ask a financial advisor if they've ever been able to retire off of the investments, not off the commissions they're earning off of you, but actually the investments they're recommending. And you won't find them. I guarantee it. 
Like it's so rare. You'll find somebody and usually it's because they made so many millions of dollars in their, in their business from sales. And then they just throw it in some crappy account that pays them a little bit of interest, piddly interest. Right. The truth is, as a business owner, you have the greatest opportunity for wealth possible, right? There are other things. I mean, almost everything outside of what financial advisors offer is better than what they offer, right? So you could actually create more freedom doing it that way. And that's really what my show and, and all my stuff, my website and everything goes into. Nice. I definitely appreciate that. And and I think so many times as, you know, you kind of reference and, you know, we definitely know as, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners, you mm-hmm. want to have ownership. You want to have freedom. That's why you created, that's why you put your, you know, blood, sweat and tears into everything that you do. And you quickly find out that you're listening to the marketing, as you said, and the sales, right. not so much the I don't want to know if I want to say logic, but just that information that we sometimes aren't aware of. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you for creating, you know, that, that information, that knowledge and that awareness in so many different ways for people. Absolutely. Awesome. So um, what would you consider to be what I call your secret sauce, which is the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique. It could be for yourself or your business. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of one of the same in some ways, shape or form, right? I mean, definitely with my business. I mean, you just won't find people that are telling people to do the opposite and actually create real results where they become free, right? And part of my gift, you know, that I have is, is I've always been good at finding patterns and seeing things. Like I remember in fourth grade, you know, we're doing our little multiple times tables, right? And, uh, and we got to the 10 times table. And I remember as I was going through it, I saw the pattern and I raised my hand to the teacher and it was a quiet test, right? And I was like, I just have to add a zero behind all these numbers. Mm-hmm. She's like, shh. Go tell the rest of the class. And she's making them do zero times six this. And then, you know, trying to do the whole long multiplication way. I'm like, screw that. I'm like, I'm going, no, I'm just getting this thing done. Hand it in, right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it's been like for me. Like, I'm really good at finding resources, finding the potential and the money and saying, how can we make this create more? Like, I get so many people, even business owners that have cash just sitting around, whether in their business or at home, they're like, what do I do with this? Because I don't trust these stupid financial advisors in the stock market because I really, if I'm going to invest in a company, it's going to be my own. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what do I do with this money? And, and that's the thing that's so much fun is that you, there's so many options to actually create those multiple streams of passive income to create freedom. Awesome. 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 So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? You know, um, it may not be an app or anything because I'm kind of low tech, but I'll tell you the, the number one book that I listen to, I can say, I don't, I don't read books. I just use audible. Right. So mm-hmm. there, there is an app I do use. Um, but on app, on audible, there's a, there's a great book called the pumpkin plan, which mm-hmm. is by Mike Michalowicz. So if you've heard of profit first, which he's most famous for, right. Um, great book, but he has another follow-up book that's lesser known called the pumpkin plan. And this is what changed my business in 2015. Cause I started becoming more, active, right? Like I had to retire a second time in 2016. Well, to do that, I had to cut off all the crap that was there. And, uh, and the pumpkin plan is really about that. It's finding those core activities that drive the majority of your revenue, who are the best clients and everything and feed the crap out of that. So uh, I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. And that could yeah. be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. You know, the biggest thing I would say is follow your gut, right? Like trust your intuition. Even if it goes against advice you've gotten from mentors, business coaches or whatever, because I'll tell you that 2015, I had a business coach telling me to do one thing in expanding my business. I did the opposite because my gut just said, you know, that doesn't feel right. In fact, I'm going to do not more like she recommends. She wanted me to do more live events. 
I started doing less live events. And the funny thing is my profits went up and my revenue still went up too. And, uh, and I think that's the key is that it might seem crazy, but if your gut says do something, do it. If your gut says don't do something, don't do it. Like follow that despite whatever logic you might hear out there. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, in so many different aspects that we kind of talked about, you know, in your story, how you've been able to kind of do that. And I think so many times we feel like we should be doing everything. And especially in entrepreneurial form, a lot of times you're by yourself, so to speak, because you're going against the grain. And sometimes that's the uncomfortable part, but a lot of people that become free and become, you know, wealthy, however we define that are because they go against the grain and they try something new. That's right. Yeah. It's, and that's fine. You know, we're entrepreneurs. We kind of go against the grain anyways, because we don't <laughs> want the freaking W2 job. We want to create a different life that other people don't have. And, you know, if you're, if you follow that gut, that intuition, I'm telling you like that will pay you more money than almost any, any advice you're going to get out there. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate that. And now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Chris, what does being a CEO mean to you? To me, being a CEO means the buck stops here, right? Like ultimately everything rolls up, you know, whether you succeed or fail, it's really up to you. You have that control, that ownership, you know? Um, and as a CEO, you got to speak different languages, you know? You got to be able to speak the language of marketing. You got to be able to speak the language of operations. You got to be able to speak the language of finance. You got to speak the language of just about everything, right? You got to understand all your departments, but you don't have to be the expert in all of it. And so you really are that visionary. You are that person that's helping to move forward that vision and that, and that, that, that passion, that, that real vision of the company and what you're trying to create and when you're trying to create value for other people. And so I really feel like it's, it's, you are kind of the, the generalist, right? You are the person that's kind of, you know, really the captain of the ship to lead it forward. Yeah. And I, I love that kind of, um, you know, um, metaphor you talked about, you know, learning and knowing these different languages, because I think mm -hmm. so many times in business, there's so many different moving parts um, that it's really hard to kind of control everything, but you want to be mm -hmm. able to be versed in that, that knowledge and language, whether you're working or you're working with, you know, experts like yourself to be able to kind of understand, you know, exactly what's going on. And, and I think that you talked about that decision piece when, you know, with the, the business coach that was telling you to do X, Y, and Z. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of times we forget that the decisions that we make allow us to be able to serve our clients on a higher level, because if you had not made that decision, maybe we'd be having an entirely different conversation. So sometimes those decisions that we make add up into the impact that we can have as well. Exactly. Awesome. 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 Well, Chris, truly appreciate that. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get all of you subscribe to the podcast and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. Yeah. I just say, you know, I encourage you guys that no matter what level you're at, man, it's, there's always another level. There's always a next, right. And, and keep that fire burning. You know, that's the big thing. Uh, you can follow me one of two places. You can either go to moneyripples.com, like you mentioned earlier, or you can go follow my podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show, that you can find on iTunes or any other podcast app as well. But yeah, I'd love to serve you any way I can. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Truly appreciate that, Chris. And to make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes as well too. Uh, but I appreciate all the work that you do. Appreciate the time that you took today. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com.
This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.